You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, Stone Spring Maidens. Chapter 30 Words Unspoken Gabriella, Day 18 of Epona, Springfall, 1884 Penny's small trunk lay open on the bed, rapidly filling up with only the clothing and personal effects she cared the most for. Glancing around the room, she had another profound realization. Everything going into the trunk was being retrieved from storage of some sort. It had been resting in boxes, under the bed, or shut away in cupboards. Everything out on display belonged to Calendula. Cal stood in the doorframe, watching her. The woman's expression, the very air around her body, was a potent and intense cocktail of warring emotions. Penny was speaking when spoken to and answering questions in a calm and reasoned manner as she tried to lay a finger on which response was most prominent in Cal right now. Anger, resentment, or fear? Can you tell me one simple thing? I'll try. What was it? Cal demanded. That I did not do for you. What were you wanting for in your life that I didn't provide? Oh, Cal. Penny sighed. I mean it. You and I have lived in enviable luxury. I love you. I treat you wonderfully. We travel. We have amazing sex. What more could you want? I think... Said Penny carefully. I think I want to be able to tell you when I am happy. And have that be true. Not to be told that I am happy by you. That things will always be better. You've spent our entire relationship promising me the world, and I cannot fault your generosity, darling. It's what I've had to give of myself for that. I don't understand. And there's the problem. But marriages get shaky all the time. Whenever one person feels like they're not getting enough attention, the other two or more have to rebalance. I've always figured we complimented one another as a twosome. Nobody was left out. I was left out of all the decisions. Absolute nonsense. Your mother offered us part of an astonishingly opulent house and you threw it back in her face. I asked you and Gannon together to consider a trio and you both hid yourselves from me. Imagine how I felt. I can. And I think that's the difference between you and I. But you won't stay. That little bitch has stolen you from me. If you speak about her like that again, said Penny sharply, I will end whatever conversation we are having on the spot. How did she love you any different than I did? She wanted me to be me. She didn't make me play her version of me. I still don't understand. Well, I hope someday you will. So we're back here again. You're leaving me alone. I'm leaving so I can be alone. This is... I said it before. I don't even know what sort of person I'm going to be without you. Penny straightened up and latched the trunk, testing the weight before turning to depart. I think it's very important that we both find that out separately, she said decisively. Cal made a move to embrace her wife, but was gently dissuaded and pushed back against the door. 
Instead, Penny put her arms around Cal, who stood awkwardly, trying to corral her leaping heart. Thank you, said Penny, and then she was gone. Cal thought about those last words and precisely what they referred to for a very long time after that. Ganny carefully applied antiseptic to Attar's bare ribcage, making him wince and hiss with pain. I think you bruised the bone as well. They were back in their workshop, their shed and tested armor deposited on work surfaces. She'll save my life. Now lay off me and let me tend to your arm. It's reattached at least. And Penny's gonna see about repairing it later today. Maybe even upgrading. I've been studying. Attar snapped, dropping his shirt back down as he firmly pulled Ganny's arm upwards for inspection, gripping a small screwdriver between his teeth as he began to adjust the misaligned crystals. You have? Thinking of going into cybernetic limbs? We make weapons of war. Attar replied, retrieving the screwdriver and tightening Ganny's lug nuts. I grew up in a family that absolutely thrived on conflict. And now that I've been in the thick of it and saw... I haven't seen too many dead people before. And those... Brave warriors last night just got to me. That's all. That's all. Me too. Now that you put it like that, I'm also uncomfortable. Even just making armor for our side to fight in. And seeing those crystal knights in action, when they weren't being tested when they were coming for us, and I could see blood on their limbs. Exactly. But this has been bothering me for a while now, so I figured I'd diversify my portfolio, see what my engineering can be applied to elsewhere. And you just happened to look into prosthetic arms. What do you want from me here? Attar protested, looking away shyly. You're my very good friend. It felt like knowing how to help you tune this beast would be... I don't know, a sensible use of my abilities. Are we gonna just stay very good friends? Ganny asked point blank now. Because you know how I feel. And you know that hasn't changed. I... For once, Attar was lost for words. I think that might be a project we could enjoy working on together. He still wasn't looking around and seemed more vulnerable than Ganny had ever witnessed. What you learned about me last night was always something I didn't really want to share. I mean, obviously, with the right people, and I always hoped you might be that kind of right people. He began moving Ganny's mechanical forearm up and down trying to find the cog that was clicking out of place at the elbow. I'm not the same as Celeste. I've had a very different life to her. And obviously, I'm a different build. He found the click and reset the cog. But I like this build a hell of a lot. I love me. 
It took a long time, but I do now. Same applies to you, I guess. Attar moved the arm up once more, and Gani found his mechanical fingers were now being deliberately brushed against Attar's face as he looked deep into those purple eyes, wide and uncertain for once. I love you too. Gani smiled, and finally, alone together, in their place of comfort, the two of them kissed tenderly. Washington, May 17th, 1884. So, how did things go? Harry asked. There was a lot of arguing. Penny replied from her doorway. To begin with, at least. Cal didn't know what else she could have given me or what she didn't do to make me happy. And she was angry at you for not telling her. Harry continued as Penny stepped inside quietly closing the door. The thing is, I did tell her. I told her over and over again. She just tuned it out, overwrote it with her own version of events. I'm angry at her too, but most of all, I I feel sorry for her. That's probably healthy. Harry stood awkwardly in the center of the room, unsure where they were. She had not missed this place. It smelled of her deepest frustration. So, on the way over here, I decided I wasn't going to be with either of you. Harry's heart began to sink hard, but Penny held up a single finger, bidding her wait a moment. Uh, Okay. It's... An important time for me to be independent and make all my own decisions for myself. And my current decision is that I would very, very much like to be with you. Oh. Oh. Penny, softly but confidently, stepped in close, took both of Harry's hands in hers, and whispered in her ear, I don't know how to do this either, but I would really like for us to learn together. That's all I've wanted since I met you, Harry declared as they fell into a passionate embrace. They made love on what used to be her sickbed. Sometime around Penny's ninth climax, she gasped the words, (sighs) Marry me. They lay together after that, ecstatically exhausted from an agony of bliss. Uh, How would the name thing work? Harry asked, running her fingers through the wild green highlights on her partner's dampened hair. Still amazed she'd heard the words and wasn't dreaming. Well, 
If you want us to keep my name, it would be Clemence. But we can go Arlington Clemence, if you like. I want whatever makes you happiest. Same for me. Well, this is a bit of a pickle. Didn't you say that when two women are getting together and neither of them wants to dominate the other, they just toss a coin to decide the name? We could absolutely do that. Hmm. At this, Harry reached across and rummaged in her bedside drawer, pulling out a silver dollar. This was from back when my people used money. Harry flipped the coin and caught it as it came down, clapping it onto the back of her hand. Heads or tails? Uh, tails. Wait. Wait, forget the coin. I've decided. Oh? Yes? I want your name. Oh? The words chimed through Harry's ears. She could scarcely believe she was here now with this wonderful person. I want to be in Thessaly Arlington. She dropped the coin back in the drawer, and they held one another tightly. You have been listening to episode 30 of Stone Spring Maidens, Words Unspoken, written, edited, and directed by Alexander Scholl. Penthesily Renwick, performed by Theo Lee. Harry Arlington, performed by Loretta Saylor. Ganymede Ferron, performed by Felix Quist. Atar Rubens, performed by Orion Richardson. 
Calendula Renwick, performed by Sharon Shaw. Narration by Alex Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Frankie and Johnny, performed by Harvey Brooks, Quality 4. Stonespring Maiden's theme, Far Destiny, composed and performed by I. Sazanov of Shockwave Sound. Additional Episode 29 credits. Devastation and Revenge, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Raindrop Prelude, by Frederick Chopin. Torn and Please Don't Cry, performed by Fesleyan Studios. Many soundscapes, including Neon Drive, Weirder Things 2, Starship Medical, Mushroom Forest, The Orrery, Lush World, and Submerged, by Tabletop Audio. There is one episode of Stonespring Maidens left, and if you want to hear the cast interviews, you absolutely have to listen to Through the Wind Door. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our top-tier sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finn Barnicol, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Huey, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. <laughs>